Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Centered, Committed, Confident. My name is Cody Rogers. I'm Regent Erickson. I'm Hannah Erickson. Well, that was a delay. Oh, that was a delay. It's like, it's I was been a while. Not to laugh. I couldn't yeah, and back. you're so far back from the microphone, Sorry. too. There this we go. This is Hannah Erickson. There we go. All right. Sorry, everybody. We're back at it. It's been a while. Yeah, it's um, the new year. Guys, welcome to a brand new season of Centered, Committed, Confident. We're calling it a season because we took some time off. Was it incidental? Maybe, but you'll never know that. So we're back and we have a plan. So um, I believe there should be just one episode out in January. Our final episode we had recorded with Christopher Waugh, Dr. Christopher Waugh. That's releasing tomorrow, if I remember right, um, which for you guys is like a week ago. So a week ago, you should have listened to the January release of our episode with Christopher Waugh. I pray it's been beneficial to you. And we talked about a few things in that episode that we want to talk about eventually. Prayer, I think, was one that we said we we're going to talk about in the weeks to come. We're going to table that, and we're going to put it um, coming up soon. Um, we're going to continue in this season to talk about some of the segments that we had. You know, we had On the Spot, which we introduced just a, a few episodes ago. We are going to bring back a few of those. We're even looking at doing a live On the Spot on Thursday night at Quorumdale College. I don't know when that is. We have a few options that we're currently picking, but we will have a live on the spot. Um, those are some of the, uh, I don't want to say lesser, um, random things that are sort of going to be interspersed in the season, but we got a big thing we're doing this season, and that is going through the book of Galatians. Let's set up what this study is supposed to feel like. Um, first disclaimer, we're not experts. Okay, None of us have particular degrees in the book of Galatians. Um, none of us have written commentaries on it, and none of us have preached through the entire book of Galatians, right? Yep. Okay. So um, this is this is not meant to. If you're looking for a podcast on the book of Galatians and it feels like a commentary, go go elsewhere. Okay. Love you. Bye. Um, if you're looking for to just hear some people study the Bible and listening for how other people do it and maybe taking some tips um, or some things you don't want to do. Um, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Center mm -hmm. Committed Confident, a podcast dedicated to helping you center your life on Christ, commit yourself to discipleship, and become more confident in the Word of God. And that's what we're doing in this series, becoming more confident in the Word of God. By becoming more confident in the Word of God, we will center our lives on Christ, and we're going to see a commitment to discipleship all in the book of Galatians. So um, what this will look like is we're going to study it live. We have not done any pre-study at all besides our just personal experience with Galatians whenever we happen to have read it last. And uh, we are going to discuss things live. None of this is rehearsed, practiced, or thought of ahead of time. The goal is that you would be able to join us in this, read along, listen along, have your own thoughts, and hey, feel free to put them into, uh, go to the podcast notes, click on that question button, or uh, you know, just send me an email at codyartcdbible.org. And uh, we'd, we'd love to answer it or, you know, attempt to answer it at least would probably be the better way to describe it. Mm -hmm. All right. I've done a lot of talking. I've talked fast. I'm just trying to set this up so we can dive into the best part, which is actually getting into Galatians. Do you guys have anything you want to add before we actually head into it? Nope. Okay. So here's what we do. When we do a Bible study together, that's, that's, that's how we're going to treat this, right? So typically when we dive into the Word... Um, I say we pray, right? In my my personal time with the Lord and in and in group studies, I think prayer before opening the word and assessing the word is good. So Hannah, would you pray for us as mm -hmm. we begin? 
Father, we're so thankful for your word, for the opportunity to um, be together and discuss it in a way that um, will hopefully impact many lives for your glory, God. We pray um, just that we will be soft to what you have for us, that you will just open our eyes and our hearts, and that we would just glorify you much in what we're doing. Uh, we love you, God, and we thank you. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. If Hannah got louder during that, it's because I pushed her microphone closer to her while she was I, praying. Even, I was like, why am I so loud? I'm yelling in my own ears. Yeah, you're actually not that loud, according Sorry. to... So I'll, I'll turn... There you Sorry, go. everybody. We're live mixing, guys. Here we go. All right, so we prayed. Um, we have in front of us various resources. Um, there's some study Bibles open. Um, I've got my Logos app open on my iPad and my Bible next to me. Um, typically when I'm starting a book, if the Bible I have has some introduction on it, I like to read it. Um, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to read. Um, so like the, the ESV Bible in Lagos is like the traditional reference version. And they always have this like little paragraph introduction of what you're about to read. Mm -hmm. So this is what it says about the book of Galatians. Paul's letter to the Galatians was addressed to a group of churches in go figure Galatia a region of present-day Turkey. Paul had preached the gospel in these churches. He wrote to counter those who taught that Christians must be circumcised in order to be accepted by God. Paul began with the defense of his apostolic authority, then made it clear that all believers, Jew and Gentile alike, enjoy complete salvation in Christ. And in chapters 5 to 6, Paul showed how the gospel of grace leads to true freedom and godly living. Perhaps the central message of Galatians is, a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ, 2.16. All right, here's what I try to summarize things when I read like that. So what, it, what it, the summary I got is there's three sections really to this um, book. The first couple are relating to Paul's apostolic authority. The next couple chapters, three and four, have to do with Jew and Gentiles, both enjoying complete salvation in Christ. And then five and six, it says um, how the gospel leads to true freedom. So I'm going to be looking for those as we dive into them. But that helps me frame it. What do you guys, anything else you look at before you dive into a book? I think just understanding where it fits in the Bible and like the story of scripture. So Galatians is a an epistle, a letter written by Paul. And, and you're looking in your study Bible. Yep, right in, now, my, right? in my study Bible. ESV um, study Bible. ESV mm -hmm. study Bible. Yep. It, it, it has like the author and title, the date, the, the theme, kind of like Cody was talking to. And... So, you know, some some books don't have as clear of authorship as others. Um, Galatians has a fairly clear authorship of Paul, uh, according to the author and title section of my study Bible. And then the date also is not always easy to nail down. But for me, it's particularly helpful just to get the idea that this is obviously after the death and resurrection of Christ. Um, the date I see in here in the section is around 48, 49 AD. So, uh, not too long after Christ and Paul is writing to Galatia. It's good. I like to know the time, um, because it's a good reminder to me that this is real mm -hmm. and that, Hey, there's, there's actually been some academic research done. Okay. Like there are smart people who've done mm -hmm. a lot of hard work and, and gone through history to sort of figure out that this is a thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I think looking at maps is a similar thing. Yeah. Like I'm not big into geography, but at the very least, it does remind me that this happened in a very real place on the same yeah. earth we live on. Like you said, this is true history. This is not just a made up, nice, you know, historical fiction letter. It is 
was actually written by Paul to this real church on this real earth that we live on. And to kind of put that in context, I don't know exactly when this happens during the Roman empire and, you know, they, they had a, a, a long empire. Um, but this is that, that Roman empire that made those aquifers, the aqueducts or, and all those roads. Like this is in the same context of life as that, like that history. This is the same history, like in the same time frame, timeline. Yeah. yeah. Like, like we didn't have biblical history and then world history. That's yeah. all the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Um, I don't think every time we get into a book, we properly do this. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a lot of times in my personal study, I just sort of open it and read it. Um, whether it's because I don't have the study Bible, I'm just reading like a normal Bible or whatnot. Um, so it's good. I want to encourage you listening that, um, pick up an ESV study Bible. We recommend that one first and foremost, but if you have any study Bible, um, I definitely encourage you to read what it has to say about the book you're about to read. Mm-hmm. Um, Try to make a practice of it, thinking about mm-hmm. it, make it more real. And I really like seeing how the outline is going to be mm-hmm. um, just a, a quick little thing. You know, like the, the thing I read isn't even in an ESV study Bible. It's just like a normal ESV Bible. So even some of your smaller Bibles will have some kind of introduction sometimes. One tool I also like for this before getting into a book of the Bible is the Bible Project videos oh, yeah. um, oh, yeah. on YouTube that I love starting with that because I'm much more visual and so I can read two pages of background information in my study Bible and retain two sentences of it. But for me to see it laid out in pictures in a video, it's much more engaging for me. Um, and it's a really great way to set up the book and the themes and the outline, like you said, and get the information that is helpful. Yeah, I agree. That's really good. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I try to, if I do that in the morning, I try to be in a spot where I'm not going to look at other other notifications if I Mm -hmm. open up my iPad or whatnot. I have a special focus on my iPad that's called Bible study and it doesn't let any notifications come in. So then if I open up YouTube, I can just go to the Bible study Mm -hmm. thing and hopefully, prayerfully not get distracted. So Mm -hmm. be vigilant guys and staying focused in your time. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. Should we dive into the first little chunk of scripture? Let's do it. Cool. I'll read this first little chunk. Start with the, we'll just sort of read till the next little paragraph break or um, little subsection that we have in our Bible. We're reading the ESV translation. Uh, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me. To the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. First thing I know, this is a super typical greeting. In Mm -hmm. you know, um, there's a lot of meat here that we're going to dive into, but I know like, okay, this feels like a lot of formal letters that happened in Mm -hmm. this time. Like the other epistles, most of them start out this way. Um, that doesn't mean make it less special or anything, right? It's, but, um, we should note that th- there's a, a rhythm that Paul is following here. Um, th- sorry, that rhythm is particularly to, um, introduce himself, you know, whereas like in normal letters, it's dear John, right? Mm-hmm. Dear Regent, da, 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 and then you sign it, your name is sort of the opposite, right? Like you started with, I'm the one writing this and I'm writing it to this mm-hmm. group or this person. So that's the thing that stood out to me. What do you, what, what about you guys? Something that uh, I kind of noticed in verse two is that Paul, Paul is obviously writing this when he says, Paul, an apostle, 
But in verse two, he also includes, and all brothers who are with me. And so that just, to me, says that he's doing this in community um, and has those around him thinking and praying for uh, the Galatians, uh, the church of Galatia as well. Yeah. I like that corporate idea of, of being involved in the edification of one another, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, that it's one church caring and loving towards another, or at least one group of shepherds caring yep. and loving the, the group that is the church. Mm-hmm. I love right away how much gospel's already in it. Like this is just his intro and we have Jesus Christ who um, was raised from the dead, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. Like Paul does not like waste time. He is like, I am Paul. I'm an apostle. Here's the gospel for the glory of God. And like the first three verses, he just like gets there so fast. Yeah, I agree. Um, apostle is sort of an important word. Mm-hmm. I was uh, looking at a couple of the notes in the ESV study Bible. The first thing it points out is that apostle is an important word, right? It indicates Paul's authority is one commissioned by God. Apostle means one who is sent. So a sent one. Um, and so I, I love that. That ties in with what Hannah's saying, um, you know, that he was sent, right? But he's not sent just from man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father gospel who raised him from the dead. So, um, his purpose is there too. And I think that ties in with what we read at the very beginning. Paul spends the first chunk of Galatians establishing his authority as apostle, right? Mm -hmm. That's what we, that's what we said we're going to see. And so far we've already seen it in the first, you know, two or three sentences. That's good. An interesting thing. I was just kind of curious. One of the tools I like to use is the blue letter Bible to kind of look at the Greek or the Hebrew behind it. And it'll give you a definition of words within scripture if you look it up. And the de- the definition that is used during or for that word apostle is a delegate messenger, one sent forth with orders. Um, and then subsection of it, uh, specifically, this is applied to the 12 disciples whom Christ selected um, to be his constant companions, the heralds proclaimed to the men, the kingdoms of God. So it's kind of like the set apart uniquely set apart by Jesus group. Um, there's more to it. I didn't, I'm not reading it all. Um, like those who are personally commissioned by Christ. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Um, going back to the, the brothers part too, you know, I was just thinking through and, and was reading a few of the notes and, and seeing um, the, the weight of all the brothers isn't just a group of them caring, but it also bears with it an authority, right? Of, of Paul, mm-hmm. he's going to be challenging the Galatians as we're going to see. And he, um, is, is stating that there are brothers who are with him who are in agreement, right? Yeah. Who are with me. And so it also it means that the things he's about to say, even the harsh things, are made in full agreement with the brothers that mm-hmm. he is with. And so um, I, I like, I didn't think about the fact that him being with all the brothers actually adds a certain amount of authority and authenticity to what he's going to say when it comes to what the gospel is and what the false gospel is. Mm-hmm. And, and we it, see that too. in like first one, when he says an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Christ, like he, again, is starting off. I am not like, I don't have authority just because even this group of guys with me think I'm really cool, but Jesus Christ himself gave me the authority to speak. And I have all of these men with me that are in agreement with what I'm saying. But then also to draw on that committed discipleship piece that we talk about often is he's doing this in discipleship with brothers um, around him in agreement with what he's writing here. Yeah, good. That's the first uh, two verses. What about verse three? Anything stand out? Grace to you and peace from God our Father. I love that. Um, 
And, and I, I just love from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I don't know why I love it, but just seeing both and seeing God the Father and God the Son um, just to, together and then being reminded of who Jesus is, like Hannah said, um, it, it is very powerful. And the other part that stands out is the words present evil age. Right? Like, mm-hmm. I think it implies how Paul views the world, right? That um, the culture in which they live is a, not a culture that innately glorifies the Lord, I think is a good way to put it. Other thoughts? Do we know who, <clears throat> sorry, do we know who is in charge of the Roman Empire at this time? I'm trying to find it. Find out. I'll look that up. What else we got? On that, though, I I do love, like, the initial statement where it's, like, peace from God, our Father, and the Lord, Jesus Christ. Um, Lord, in my Bible, is capitalized, which I forget. Is that the Yahweh reference, or mm-hmm. is it all caps that it makes it the Yahweh reference? All caps in Hebrew. Okay, that's what it's I was thinking. Old Testament, yeah. um, but the title of God, our Father, and Lord, Jesus Christ, he's not really, like, he's, like, distinguishing, you know, the two head or two aspects of the Trinity, but also not, like, are on the same level with those with those titles at least the way i read it and then he he like grace to you in peace and then moves into this flow of how they have given them that peace uh, with christ for our sins to deliver us from this age and he did that according to the will of our god and father not like that's a little bit of a distinction in my mind where it's god not also just god the father but he's our god and our father yeah mm. good um, when did we agree Galatians was written? What it was like 48, 49. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm almost there. I found that, uh, Tiberius Julius Caesar Augustus was the, would have been, um, emperor Caesar, mm-hmm. uh, right before then. So in part of Paul's life and mm-hmm. um, I'm looking for the second one right now. The reason I bring that up is just, I know for at least some of Paul's letters, Emperor Nero was over, who was, like one of the most evil people ever, like burning Christians as a means of lighting the streets. And so when I think about like the present evil age and like what mm. that meant for them in their context. Um, yeah. It, I mean, whether it was Nero or someone else. Yeah. It was, it was before Nero. Okay. Yep. So, but either way we know that that was going on. Um, and that's a good thing that you can continue to look at when you're, mm-hmm. when you're reading, you know, um, Asking those questions, I want to encourage you. If you're, you know, we're we're probably doing more discussion now than you even do in your morning Bible study, mm-hmm. right? Um, I want to encourage you. If some of these things you're like, oh, I'm interested to know that, I don't have time for it. Keep a post-it note at the front of your Bible, um, or or a journal or something. I, I have a post-it note in the front of mine, and I literally just go to it every so often. I write the verse number, like I'll write Galatians one, two, or one three, and and I'll just put who was Caesar back then. And then someday when I have the time, I look at the front of my Bible. I'm like, I'm going to answer this question today. I'm mm-hmm. going to find this out. So, That's good. Um, yeah, I want to encourage you guys in that. I think we can just move forward. I'd love to hit the next few verses and, yeah. then, and then wrap it up there. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll read um, these next ones as well. I am astonished. So he gave the glory to God forever and ever. Amen. And he says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. 
But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Oof. Bam. Thoughts, things that stand out immediately. Besides, uh, I'll start. Repetition, right? Like that's emphasis. Like it's, I love how Paul writes as if he was talking. You don't mm-hmm. always get that, right? It, it's not often in writing that you see someone repeat themselves for emphasis in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really feels like he's talking to them, like he knows them and as if he was in person. I love that. That's really cool. But clearly the let him be a curse is a bad, mm-hmm. bad, bad thing. And he's very serious all of a sudden. Grace to you and peace. Now here's the throat punch, <laughs> Let right? them be a curse. Yeah. Like he just came right out the gates and was like, mm-hmm. bam, here you go. I, I said grace and peace. And now... I want to go ahead and just be like, what is going mm-hmm. on in your life? So yeah, I love like the wording like chosen here. Like, I'm astonished. You know, he's like, are you kidding me? Like I was just with you and I just gave you the gospel and already you are so quickly deserting it. Like what happened? Like this happened so quickly. It reminds me of the parable of um, the sower of the seeds and those like the seeds were planted and the sun scorched them. Oh. They, they couldn't even plant, like dig their roots down. They were gone so fast. Yeah. Here's a question that pops in my head. If there is no other gospel, and Paul acknowledges that, why did he even use the words a different gospel? Mm. That's a good question. Thoughts? I mean, I have thoughts, but what do you guys think? I mean, I think it kind of grabs your attention the first time you hear it because he he says it and then not really turns on his heels, but it says, like, you quickly turn to another gospel, probably what they're defining as good news. And he's like, not that there is. It's almost kind of like, you know, if it's like, oh, yeah, you're going to get some better ice cream. That doesn't exist, Cody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think of like even now, like we talk a lot about false gospels, like different things that can save you or things that they're adding to the gospel of grace. Like we'll talk a lot about, I'm sure, in Galatians and people that try to make it about works. And there's these things that they try to come across as the gospel, but there's only one that is true. Yeah. So it's it seems to be something that fills the place of the gospel supposedly. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think about it. Like, um, there's a, there's a lot of, there's a, a popular recipe among like people that work out a lot or bodybuilders. It's called anabolic ice cream. And essentially what it is, is ice and fruit blended together with a little bit of xanthan gum. So it gets really like thick and has sort of like the texture of ice cream. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's called anabolic ice cream, right? But it's not ice cream. Mm -hmm. It's fruit and frozen water. And and xanthan gum, yeah. right? Um, there is no cream in there. Mm-hmm. There is no milk. It's and so I view it the same way, right? Like mm-hmm. they call it ice cream because what it's doing is filling the role of ice cream. Mm-hmm. It's hitting that spot in their diet that they want, um, but it's not actually. And and I think that's the same thing here, maybe just mm-hmm. a different gospel because it's filling the role, but it's it's not. Just like Diet Pepsi is not actually Pepsi. I'm just saying. Whoa. Okay, whoa. Agreed. Yeah, it, it yeah. doesn't satisfy in the same way. Exactly. You know, I think of, Pepsi is um, way better. Yeah, that's it. It's very true. But like in I, um, Isaiah, I think it's Isaiah 2, and he talks about how um, like Israel's been hewing out uh, 
broken cisterns um, that can't hold any water when they have access to the fountain of life. And that's like these false gospels is that instead of going to the one true gospel um, through the grace of Jesus, they're going to these false gospels that are not going to save them and are not going to provide the satisfaction that um, comes from the one of Christ. Yeah. Good. Um, also, isn't it sort of un- ungodly? Isn't it sort of unchristian of Paul to to, to curse someone, right? There he doesn't it seem sort of like, wow, man, are you are you even a Christian, Paul? Because you, mm-hmm. you seem like you're not loving your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Kind of like all the Psalms that are the imprecatory Psalms yeah. that just are like dash but, their children to pieces yeah. because they sinned against me. But let's let's talk about that for a minute. Um, well, so, why why is that okay? I think I might have a thought for that. And it goes to verse eight. So I've been kind of just thinking on this while I've been talking this whole time. It's very interesting to me, but when, when Paul says, but even if we, we referring to Paul or the brothers based upon verse one and two, when he introduced himself, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. I'm just like, what does that mean? What is Paul saying when he says that? And to me, it, it seems like it's coming back to like, what is the force of the gospel? Like what gives the gospel authority and its weight and its worth? And it's not in Paul teaching it. It's not in an angel giving you the gospel or anybody else saying the gospel. Like the gospel is the good news because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross to the will of God, the father. And so anything that is contrary to that, is directly opposing God and the Father. Right. So you're you're saying it's on behalf of God that this this man would be accursed, right? In that sense, yeah, because he's be, opposing God. Because to do a con- anything contrary to say anything contrary to the gospel is contrary to the work of the Father and the work of life and the work of life and the work of blessing, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's like literally because it's yeah. against the things that do bless and give life. Yeah. So let him be accursed is not only a curse upon him, but it's also a statement that there's a curse upon him because he's against those things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I think. I don't know. The ESC study Bible actually doesn't hit it, right? Yeah. No. Like, so what do we do, guys? The my, my 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 ESV study Bible, right? The go-to study Bible doesn't say anything. I just sh- panic. I guess I'm never going to learn, <laughs> right? We'll never know what this means. Well, so what do I do? <laughs> I, I don't understand. Yeah, some options are to go to um, some trusted Sorry. commentaries. I, if you are actually wondering, I'm not insulting you. I promise. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just simply trying to present the idea yeah. that there's things we can do. Yes, uh, commentaries are a great place to go. Um, I don't always have a bunch of commentaries sitting around, and so I will often type in the verse and desiring God or the Gospel Coalition. Um, those are two trusted resources and I'll see like what has John Piper or what has the team from the gospel coalition said about this, if there is anything. Um, and if I don't have my hands on, um, a commentary, cause I don't always. And so that's a great place, um, to go. You can also like references, um, in your Bible. I'm trying to see if there is any for verse nine. I am uh, currently chasing that down in second Corinthians. Or the Romans one. You can do Second Corinthians. I'm doing so Romans. Let him be accursed. Romans nine three. Romans nine three says, "For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ." What's the context there? 
Um, so Romans 9, this is where Paul is talking about how his heart yearns for the Jews to know Christ, because um, he himself is a Jew, and to them belonged the promise of salvation yeah, yeah. and things like that. Um, guys, if you're wondering what we're doing right now, we're looking at those little letters in our verses, and um, we're following the trail of thought, because what the cross-reference system is in most Bibles is um, it is showing you which verses in Scripture have related language or use that word in a similar context or um, are a verse that's being referenced by the verse that you're reading. So cross-references, super important, super mm -hmm. special as well. Um, I'm also currently pulling up, um, I am pulling up a commentary right now just the, to let you guys see sort of like the, the difference of what it is. The study note in the study Bible on Romans 9.3 does define a curse as to suffer God's punishment in hell. The it, Romans 9.3? Yes. A curse to suffer God's punishment okay. in hell. That's what you're saying? Yes. Okay. That's what it has there. Another Donna, reference. There's multiple Greek words for a curse. Yeah. I don't know. Anathema. Oh, sure. That's what, I mean, that's what it, that's what my commentary is saying. Oh, I was like, whoa, An Cody. So uh, anathema <laughs> the is the Greek word meaning cursed or banned and it's associated with destruction. So like anathema is the idea of being cut off from the church, right? And cut off from the Lord. So it's pretty crazy. So, um, <laughs> so commentaries guys, if you, if you've never opened a commentary, uh, let me give you a quick run rundown. Commentaries are like if someone were to take your study Bible and inject steroids into it mm -hmm. and then uh, and then do that again, because it's like you can read. I mean, so just on this one verse, um, the commentary I pulled up has uh, 12 paragraphs. Of oh. just information, right? Can you so, imagine putting that much work? Like, like knowing Galatians so well to yeah. have 12 paragraphs about one verse. Yeah. So what we see here is a curse really does mean cut off from, from God, cut off from community and mm -hmm. fellowship. It, it can have all those connotations. Mm -hmm. It's not good. That's what yeah. we understand. So It reminds me, so I'm reading 1 Corinthians. It's another letter from Paul, and he talks about how a little... Um, leaven can leaven the whole loaf. And so if someone is walking in sin, then you need to cut cut them out because it's going to end up affecting everyone around them. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like that is like the heart behind this also. Of yeah. If you keep these people, the false gospels, just roaming around your churches, then you're they're going to keep on pulling people away from the gospel and we can't have that. Yeah, that's good. I feel like we've covered a curse pretty good. Um, I am curious, and this is where we'll end here today because um, we're already hitting a half hour. Um, I'm curious uh, if I was reading this in the morning by myself, the first thing I would have done is circled or just put a little thing next to verse 10 because it seems sort of weird to me. Mm -hmm. um, it seems very random. I'm trying to figure out what in the flow of, like why in the flow of thought is Paul now saying this? Um, guys, if you're studying the Bible, flow of thought is very important. Understanding, okay, what was the author thinking? Why was he writing this? What was mm -hmm. he intending to portray? And what did he want uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the audience to understand? Um, so verse nine, as we've said before, so now I say again, like, let him be accursed. Mm -hmm. Or am I now seeking the approval of man or God? Am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. It seems random. It's not, right? So mm -hmm. why is it there? But does it seem random to you guys, I guess, is the... Yeah, I think it's definitely like a second look. I wonder if it's him 
you know like he's telling them to like cut off this people and then he's like i'm not doing this for my glory like i'm not trying to just promote myself by you cutting off all these people um i'm not trying to please you or please myself um because then in verse 11 which we'll probably get to next time um it talks about how uh for i would have you know brothers that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel um for i did not receive it from any man and so i feel like he's um, making sure that they understand. Like he's really good at uh, um, like guessing what the readers of his yeah. letter are going to think. And they're like, oh, Paul, you're so arrogant to have us cut off all these people um, and say that your gospel is the only gospel. And he's like, my gospel did not come from the mouth of a man, but it came from God himself. Um, and so I'm not trying to please you. I'm not trying to get all the attention, um, but mine's truly the only real yeah. one. And I'm not going to state a gospel that's going to just tickle your ears. Yeah. Yeah. Good. It does. It is, it is worth looking about. And, and I want to just encourage you if you're reading, if those things stand out, it's okay to have a question, right? It's okay to be like, why in the world did Paul put this here? This mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to me. That's actually the whole point of studying is mm-hmm. that someday it would make sense. And so you need to acknowledge that you have that question mm-hmm. in the first place. Uh, good. Any other things? Um, I do just want to point out if like, I think we've said this already, but like if I was doing this in the morning, at 5 30 a.m i would not think through all the things in no. the same way that i this is why i love doing um bible study and community yep. is that you For can sure. feed off people better and so do it on your own but then this is why we also do our 3c retreat and that's why we gather together on thursday so we can grow deeper in this way yeah all right this here's how i want to end it um we just we're working on becoming more confident in the word of god right um, we, we want to talk about how does this cause us to center our lives on Christ and how mm-hmm. does, what is the application here? If this mm-hmm. is all I read for a morning, say I woke up Thursday morning, I read verses one through 10. What is my application right mm-hmm. now? What am I going to walk away from today? Knowing that this is the will of God in my life because I read this first mm-hmm. and go. I would say I need to evaluate what gospel am I believing? Am I believing the true one and only gospel or are there things I've allowed to let in? And so I would want to be throughout my day kind of meditating on and evaluating what am I actually trusting in and what am I proclaiming to others? Am I proclaiming a true or a false gospel? That's what I was going to say was that second part. What gospel am I preaching? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what do my actions say that I believe the gospel is? And, and when I talk to other people, what am I saying the gospel is? Am I trying to tickle their ears? Am I trying to win their approval or am I trying to please God? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. a good application. And I would, I would springboard to that thought process off of verses three and four. I would take where he says from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and father to whom be the glory forever and ever. Meaning, meaning like he already stated what the true gospel is. Yes. Right. And so yeah. you're, and you're, okay, saying, yeah. you're evaluating yeah. it in light. So like versus... when you're thinking about, yeah, what you're, what you're preaching is, does it line up with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good. Awesome. Well, if you made it this far to the end, guys, we're figuring this out as we go. We got really heady. I don't think we'll do that every single time, but we got into application as well. So um, we'll balance this just a little bit more as we dive into it next time. And we'll um, go through and and try to just understand it, get as much out of it as we can, and definitely get to application. If this is your first time listening to us, so glad you made it through to the end, like I said. And we would love to have you continue to join us not only here on the podcast, but live in person on Thursday nights at Quorum Deo Bible Church. Our Thursday night gatherings where we gather together for worship word and community, 18 to 25-ish years old, whether you're in college or not. If that sounds like something that you would fit into, we would love to have you. So Mm -hmm. um, see about joining us on Thursday nights as well. 
Until next time, though, just know that uh, we're praying for you. We love you, and we will see you next time.